The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and once again, my partner has abandoned me, and I'm a little frustrated. I'm going to have to ground him when I see him next. Uh, certainly ground him and have a deep conversation with him over a few cocktails, which is our favorite pastime and spending time together. And oftentimes we come up with the most creative ideas that way. Uh, we have a great show planned for you today. Uh, we've got a guest named Andy Byroll, who is a, um, an, a, an entrepreneur just like uh, we all are here at Evolution Capital Partners and uh, anxious to hear uh, his experience as an entrepreneur and also talk through uh, his viral growth consulting uh, efforts and, and how he helps small companies grow. But I will go through his bio in more detail uh, when I have uh, uh, get to it in the show. Uh, want to very quickly talk about last week's show. And remind everybody to go to www.harvestearnings.com. Jeremy Eden and Terry Long, founders of Harvest Earnings and authors of Low Hanging Fruit, 77 Eye-Opening Ways to Improve Productivity and Profits. I thought it was a great show and they were a lot of fun to have on the show. So, So let me just set this up. Jeremy and Terry are very experienced. Uh, they have been uh, working through uh, their their approach and the framework uh, for this book for decades. Uh, you know, creating great results with uh, very large companies like PNC and and uh, Schwann Food Company and the like, uh, which are billion dollar companies, and uh, ultimately took basically 20 years of experience and put it into a very easy to read book that has very, very short chapters that um, will allow you and you don't have to read it straight through and you don't even have to read it in order, but there's a lot of great ideas in there. And uh, as they said, they like to have practical, actionable advice uh, in the book. And that's exactly what we like here on the second stage. So I encourage you to go listen to uh, the show um, and uh, uh, and get, and pick up the book and, and visit them on their website at www.harvestearnings.com. Uh, I also want to turn our attention uh, to a an article that that I read uh, in Entrepreneur.com. The art of business pitching has changed. Are you on board? And I thought that there were some really good uh, pieces of information in here. And before I, well, I'll get to them. 
uh, I think, and I'll kind of talk about it uh, uh, as we uh, about my personal experiences as we get through these five points. Uh, the first is is pitches are becoming more visual and less wordy, and I certainly agree with that as we've put more and more pitches together. But um, let me get into the second issue or the second point here is talking about nowadays the live pitch has to be something radically different from just the slideshow that's delivered as a standalone. And really those two points in my mind go together, and it's something that, that I – I don't struggle with, but I certainly consider whenever I'm putting a presentation together, which is, is this presentation a leave behind or is this something that I'm going to deliver in person? And I think a lot of it has to do with how comfortable you are with the material in terms of how new is the, the material that you're presenting, you know, really what your style is uh, and really kind of what your level of experience is in, in the business world. I tend to have a presentation that I like to use as a leave behind, but I like to talk. I like to sit there and communicate and have a conversation much like we have with our listeners every week. And that's just my style and that's that's what I'm comfortable with. If the listener wants to get through the presentation, you know, that's, that's fine as well. Uh, so that's where I come out. Some people like to go through a flip chart or go through a presentation on a PowerPoint on the wall, and that's fine too. And I think where the author of this article, Tim Barry, is suggesting is that in those types of presentations is don't have a lot of words there. And certainly if you do have words, don't read what you've got on the bullets. It's really about uh, using – You know, most people think visually and use visual slides to, to help get through the presentation. I thought that was, that was very good advice. Number three in his five uh, points here is uh, – Pitches are getting better in their presentation of the stories that drive the numbers. And I see and hear more and more people talking about uh, using a story helps the listeners retain what you're trying to communicate rather than just delivering uh, numbers. And it's much more difficult for people to, to retain. Number four of five is sales projections based on a small percent of a large market are more suspect than ever. And what he means by that is, is that somebody says, well, this is a billion-dollar market, and we only need 1% of it. And if we just get 1% of it, you know, we're going to be a raging success. I agree with that approach. I think that that is uh, too – um, uh, that's too uh, broad or uh, high-level thinking. I think that what listeners, when you're when you're giving a pitch, they want to see more of a bottoms-up approach, uh, you know, to to the uh, the presentation. And really, what's driving those numbers is take it from the bottoms up, not just say, "Hey, we're going to get to one percent of the market." I think is. Uh, not not getting in enough for investors. And then uh, finally, early validation is more important than ever. And and this, you know, may, may be a little bit more of a early stage concept, which is probably, you know, what entrepreneur.com is, is after anyway with their audience. But really validation does drive value of these businesses. And if you can get early adopters to really, particularly early adopters that are, are you know, cutting edge thinkers 
in a particular industry, uh, you're going to get uh, valuations up up very, very quickly. So uh, the art of business pitching has changed. Are you on board on entrepreneur.com written by Tim Berry? We thought it was a good article and we want to share it with you this week on the second stage. I want to turn our attention now to our guest this week, uh, Andy Byrol. Um you know he is uh, he has a company called Viral Growth Consulting where he uh, works with owners of ten million dollar businesses and greater uh, or businesses that will get to at least ten million dollars in revenue uh, in the next twenty four months and he really works with their families and advisors to uh, to create a growth strategy and help in improve run fix grow and prepare to sell their establishment businesses. Uh, Andy has worked with more than 450 owners, and uh, he is a weekly columnist for American City Business Journals, where he writes about growth issues facing private business owners uh, in 43 business journals published in nearly every national city. Uh, Byron also presents workshops, keynotes, and strategic planning sessions worldwide and is the author of five books including the five catalysts of seven figure growth um and uh andy we've not worked with andy but andy's come highly recommended by uh, a number of people uh and he has a lot of accolades here as well uh he was in the weatherhead 100 award which is a big award to receive uh in northeast ohio and he's won it four times so uh i'm telling you the listeners that that's a big deal so just take my word for it uh and he's now lives in pittsburgh and he uh appears on local uh, NBC station, um, our region's business show, uh, The American Entrepreneur, and is regularly published in the business uh, Pittsburgh Business Times, um, and, uh, and he's a graduate of Leadership Pittsburgh. So it sounds like uh, he's one of the few people have allowed, uh, made Cleveland and Pittsburgh work well for them. Because if anybody's from this region, you'll know that people associate Browns and Steelers, and that's like uh, oil and water. So I'll be anxious to see how uh, that's worked for him and and which team he roots for. So um, with that, I'm going to um, encourage everybody to participate on our show by blogging uh, on evolutioncp.com or emailing us directly at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. And uh, you know we want you to volunteer to the community, your experiences and solutions, uh, or, or just ask questions. I also want to thank our uh, sponsors, McGladry LLP. They're a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. And with that, we're going to sign off the first segment of the second stage and be back with our guest, Andy Byrol and uh, anxious to learn from him uh, in terms of how he uh, employs growth strategies to help small businesses prepare their uh, businesses for sale. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. 
It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance, tax, consulting. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. Like any forum, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com, or you can email us at thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. We're here with our guest, Andy Beerall, uh, Beerall Growth Consulting, and uh, we're anxious to hear uh, about uh, his how he helps these small business owners grow grow their their businesses and prepare them for sale. Welcome to the show, Andy. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for for volunteering <laughs> on the second stage. Um, so, Andy, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your business. Hi. Well, I've had my business, Bureau Growth Consulting, uh, for 17 years, 470 clients, uh, five books, and uh, approaching or, or, or getting closer and closer to helping uh, business owners create about a billion dollars of uh, economic growth. And basically, I've taken the approach that the business owner is the accelerant of growth. In other words, he or she, once they have the confidence and conviction to determine what they really feel they can do, are most in the power able to drive their companies to uh, create profitable growth. And I do that by helping both the individual owner and his or her company focus on what I call their best and highest use. And I think we'll talk about that more in detail later in the show. Yeah, so so most of your customers are uh, companies where they're still reliant on the founder or a very small group of people uh, to make that business successful. Is that fair? Well, it's not only fair, but I think it's actually better. Uh, these are companies that are probably from $5 million up to, say, 25 And this is before, you know, the, the, the bankers and the handlers and everyone else have sort of taken, you know, start managing the company. Uh, this is when the owner comes into work every day with maybe his kids and or her great-grandkids 
and they basically, it's the backbone of America to be privately held company in the country. Right. Right. And, and to be honest with you, that fits a lot with the companies that we look to uh, to partner with sure. uh, at, at, here at Evolution Capital Partners. So, And I think is a large part of our, our audience as well. So uh, tell me, Andy, is there a common theme around the problems that you commonly see business owners facing? Well, I, you know, the companies either grow or they're ultimately sold. They're either sold to someone else who's going to grow them or they're sold into bankruptcy. But at the end of the day, uh, companies have to keep fresh, and they have to keep moving. So if there's one sort of common thread that I've watched, it's that for any number of symptoms, may it be company sales or underperforming staff or shrinking gross margins, the, 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 the needs and the, and the behavior of the owner and his or her company is starting to deviate from what the marketplace is willing to pay them for. And I think that it becomes, at the end of the day, uh, the thing that, that, that all from all problems, uh, you know, grow from, you have the problems things like, you know, cash flow declining or you can't borrow more money on your credit line. But at the end of the day, it's because at some point something is starting to happen where the people who are running it and running the company are starting to lose a connection to their customers and the people that are paying them. So, uh, you know, in, in an article that I read recently, you know, it, it talks a little bit about, you know, some of these these issues and deviating from what, what the market wants. And one of those symptoms are the company sales aren't growing. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Well, see, you know, it's funny because uh, when it comes down to it, you ask any company what they say they sell. And I go out and on behalf of my clients, I go interview their customers and I ask their customers what my clients uh, uh, what they're buying from my client. And so often what a company says itself and what its customers say they're buying are not the same things. Sometimes I wonder how any business ever gets done in this country. <laughs> and if you need an example of that, let's look at the post office, okay? The post yeah, office right. is a perfect example. You know, they're keeping on offering, offering delivery, delivery, delivery. At the end of the day, uh, people are not wanting delivery. Uh, they're, they're wanting to get rid of paper because it's considered at this point bad for the environment. So there's a fundamental mismatch there. And uh, as, it, as, it, uh, as it goes on and on, obviously the post office has less and less hope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you, you know, another, another symptom that you point out is that gross margins or profit margins are, are shrinking. Yeah, and a great example of that also would be sort of along the same lines is if you think of the printing industry, okay? You know, uh-huh. everyone can print. Uh, people that are doing big-time printing are, are you know, stru- you know, uh, fighting these titanic, uh, you know, cost battles and, you know, trying to trying to shave pennies off of business. Well, at the other end of the scale, uh, between what's happening now with things like Instagram and uh, BuzzFeed, we are raising an entire generation of kids who, frankly, don't even think of going to u- to use something that's written on paper. So why are they? You know, the gross margins and profits shrinking is the symptom. The root cause is uh, the printing business needs to get much more in tune with how they're going to provide the kind of communication value that many companies in the printing industry are learning how to do. I have clients that are getting very involved in storing content and, and managing the, the, uh, the provisioning and protection of content. Mm-hmm. That's the second example. Mm-hmm. And so um, another example, and this will be the last one, is is – unmotivated, younger generation, entry-level labor pool? Well, we all know this. I mean, our, you know, the, the generation, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, and I don't know what exactly what the line of demarcation is, but my generation, you know, was brought up to live to work. 
and the younger generation is much more interested in working to live. So how does this translate into challenges? You find it especially with young engineers that are coming out of school. And, uh, you know, their bosses will say, gee whiz, these guys don't want to work. No, they don't want to work. It's that they're not as excited about working in the plant and getting that practical kind of experience that the owners so desperately need them to have before they go off and design things based on knowing actually how they're going to work. So, you know, the key is obviously in a situation like that is to start to figure out how can you restructure the jobs or find different ways to employ the kinds of folks that are needed, not just to design things, but to make them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so let, let me, you talk about deviating from what the, the market wants and, and, yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested in kind of the broader issues around that. Like, for instance, what what percentage of that is, um, uh, you know, related to something that's going on internally within the company or kind of externally in terms of what the customer wanted? And in, in, in that, I mean, is the is the is the company just not paying any attention? Is it a family related issue? Is it something like that, or is is it that they're not learn? They're, they've stopped learning, and that the the market has just kind of continued to to roll along, and they're not keeping up. That's a great question, and you know we we see that even in the news today with the situation with the Los Angeles Clippers. You know what what was private in the world with somebody being a you know a bigot or a racist is no longer something that a business owner can even hide inside their company because if it gets out, it's going to cause big trouble, as the uh, owner of the L.A. Clippers is understanding. Uh, so I'd say about half of it is internal issues where uh, the, the business owner, the family, some form of, 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 of internal behavior or beliefs are, are immunizing them. They're kind of keeping them from reconnecting with the outside business world. The other part of it, though, as you pointed out, I would say is purely external. And if I had to find one key clear example I see over and over again, is companies say that, you know, they're having trouble selling more stuff. Well, when I do a little, I ask a lot of questions often, it turns out they don't have a demand problem. You know, in other words, you know, right now, if, if, if it's, uh, you know, it's not hard to get something, uh, it's not hard to sell uh, uh, widgets in this company. And it, it's, not, it's not hard to sell, let's say, you know, nails in this country. It's just very hard for American companies to sell nails if, if their costs are higher than uh, the selling price that a that a, that an ex, you know that a company, let's say, in the Far East, can make nails and even ship them here for. So the problem is not that the company has a demand problem. Nails are still getting bought. If you're in the business selling nails, nails are getting bought. The bigger problem is you have a distribution problem. You can't get the nails from where they are being made to where people who are willing to pay something that allows you to make money on them are. So you don't have a demand problem, you have a distribution problem. And I see companies over and over again missing the mark and not recognizing that their distribution of their products needs to change. And don't blame it on the demand because the demand's still there. Hmm. Interesting. And so you're saying that it's kind of 50-50. Sometimes it's internal and sometimes it's external. Yeah, that's pretty fair. You know, that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah, the internal stuff is often dramatic. The external stuff is often, you know, more, uh, more sort of insidious, you know. And, and, but the answer is not to blame it on things like the government, taxes, you know, uh, health care, whatever, because that's affecting it both inside and outside. The bigger right. question is, is to align your own company's best and highest use with what your target market needs in order to resolve some pain they have or create some opportunity they want. And those are the two pieces. So it's half inside and half outside. Mm. Mm. 
So explain why this concept of highest and best use is important to own business owners and, and their companies. Well, it's actually best and highest use. Um, and uh, I basically use that as in the course of writing my five books, uh, which are available uh, uh, on my website, andybeerall.com. And effectively, best and highest use is my core concept, which says, if you as an owner or you as a business uh, understand what you like to do, what you're good at doing, and what the market has valued you for doing, what you like doing, what you're good at doing, and what the market has valued you for doing, you are going to be in such a great position to align everything your company is and does around people that are more likely to need it and pay more for it from your customers from the market. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. That's really I, – I, I get that. So tell us about the process for business owners to run, fix, grow, and prepare to sell their businesses. Well, it's, a, it's a kind of one of the, the, newer, the newer things that's been getting a lot of attention uh, in my workshops and, uh, and, and keynote speeches is I've, I found a way to kind of look at the cycle that business owners go through. They, at any point in time, need to, first of all, focus on running their business. Sooner or later, something goes awry and they need to focus on fixing some piece. Uh, if they're not busy fixing some piece, then they're fixing, then they're worrying, then they're, they're focusing on figuring out how to grow it. And if they're not spending time growing it, they are probably thinking about preparing to sell it. So if you think of a big wheel, a big circle, you've got run, fix, grow, sell. At any point in time, a business owner has one of those four things to really, that really deserves and is calling for his or her attention. And the interesting part about that is they're not necessarily, you know, it's not like one, one revolution. You might just have finished growing your business, and just when you thought you could sell it, it turns out, well, gee, you know, it can't be sold because of a recession, so you have to go back and run it. Otherwise, let's say, you know, you've been getting ready to sell it. You find out that um, no one's going to buy it. You need to go back and fix some part of it to make it more valuable. So you see those four pieces are all interdependent. And how you tie it back to best and highest uses, the owner may be better at running it or growing it than they are at fixing it or selling it. And that's where advisory companies like, like, uh, like you folks come in and help business owners because the same skill sets that it takes to run it or fix it may not be the same ones to grow it or sell it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So, you know, one of the things that we do as as partners is really encourage, you know, management teams to kind of build out their management team so that you have someone that knows how to run, fix, you know, grow and and prepare to sell. So uh, is, is a lot of what you see in this really just kind of a bandwidth issue because you've got a business that's really reliant on one person? It can be, but I also think all of us, you know, there's a reason that, that some people play point guard and some are centers in basketball or, you know, first basemen and catchers in baseball, is that really we, you know, we do gravitate towards things we're good at. You know, there, there, there are people that are phenomenal operating managers who run businesses, and, and then there are folks, I, I imagine like yourselves and myself, that are, you know, that are, that are probably in the position of advising owners. So I don't know necessarily if, if it can be that one person has to do all four equally well. I think they have to acknowledge where their company, what the company needs. Do they need help in running or fixing or growing or preparing to sell it? And then, are they the right person? Can they do it themselves? Or do they need to bring someone inside or use someone outside to help them get through that, that whatever that next uh, challenge is? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, we're going to take a, a, a quick break here on the second stage and be back with our guest, Andy Beerall with Beerall Growth Consulting. And as uh, Andy had mentioned, you can find him at www.andybeerall.com. And uh, we want to continue the discussion here on uh, helping small businesses grow using the best and highest use concept. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly-based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy, with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that everybody can benefit from everyone's experience. Uh, we're back with our guest, Andy Beerall of uh, Beerall Growth Consulting, and you can find him at www.andybeerall.com. That's A-N-D-Y-B-I-R-O-L. Andy, uh, so I promised the listeners in the first segment that I was going to ask uh, if you're a Steelers fan or a Browns fan and kind of how you've survived that transition between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Well, it is a unique place to be, and I've learned that uh, 
whenever sports comes up, I talk about basketball when it comes to Cleveland because they have a basketball team called the Cavaliers, and the and the uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team. And and conversely, I speak about hockey and the Penguins because uh, Cleveland doesn't have a hockey team. So you know, deflect, de- deflect, and uh, and look for more common ground uh, <laughs> uh, because that seems to be a safer thing. But the interesting point is, having been one of the few people that have built a business in both towns. Uh, I, I usually find I it, it, it reminds me a lot of the Americans and the French. You know, we we both like to uh, you know uh, you know mock and and and, and uh, you know and 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 make fun of each other. And frankly, uh, just like the uh, the French, the Americans do it, the, the Clevelanders and the and the uh, Pittsburghers do it because we're so much alike. And I think that the, the common bonds really are uh, more important than the uh, than the fun and games we get to play. Uh, with uh, with the differences, so I mean, I'm dodging and deflecting that one. Yeah, that sounds like uh, it's a it's a question you've had to answer before, and I it sounds like you've been embraced in Pittsburgh because you you handle that question extremely well. <laughs> so you you're the author of five books, the five catalysts of seven figure growth, accelerating your growth, growing your business during re- succession or transition, returning your business to growth and focus, and accomplish grow. Oh, I, I screwed that up. No, uh, a lot, lot of books there. <laughs> but you're 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 a prolific writer, and you know, as I I only got through part of your bio because you have uh, been involved in so many different things, both in Cleveland and in Pittsburgh. And it seems like you're a very sought after uh, uh, speaker, uh, guide, uh, mentor, uh, and, and everything in between. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's been it's been a, certainly a wonderful last seventeen years. Uh, uh, as as uh, we were talking about during the break, you know, those of us that worked in corporate and then moved into uh, running our, our businesses, you know, we sort of look ne- we we sort of look back and say, nope, we're we're happy where we are. And I think that the, the concern about going back drives us to always look ahead. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, what I have found though is that you know the, the the business owner and 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 helping that owner by uh, helping him or her to uh, get his uh, and her company organized inside, get it, get it focused on, on, on opportunities externally, helping them to rally around a great new idea, and really, frankly, be, you know, for Tom Zucker, who was on your show and I think introduced us, you know, says that I empower optimism. And that's always been one of the bigger compliments I've ever enjoyed is because what I, what I help business owners to recognize is the answer is really, they have everything it takes, their business has everything it takes to really go out there and find new opportunities and grow their businesses. And for me, it's been my calling. Uh, I spent my requisite 20 years in corporate America. I started in 1997, and uh, the opportunity to, to speak and work with uh, thousands of owners across the world has been great. Well, you, you know, as I had said in prior shows, um, uh you know, you've got to bring your A game every day as an entrepreneur uh, because you, you just can't mail it in. Nothing happens as an entrepreneur unless uh, you're working hard, and uh, you got to be a high energy person, and and certainly you are. And the fact that you've been your an entrepreneur as long as you have, I think, probably helps you connect and resonate with other entrepreneurs and small business owners because that's candidly how we you know resonate uh, and connect with the companies that we want to partner with well you know as they say it takes one to know one right and uh, over my years I say this with all the love I can muster I think the most successful uh, 
entrepreneurs are uh, control freaks with attention deficit disorder. So, you know, we, we try so hard to manage everything we possibly can, but we bounce from item to item to item. And frankly, it's, it's a state of mind and it's a mindset. You, you understand there's risk out there, and at the same time you know that by sheer brute force of your belief system and your power and your, and your, and your, you know, your passion, your confidence, your conviction, you could cause, you know, you can move mountains, you can cause opportunities to turn into results. And that's always been the thing that's really attracted me to working with and to, in my little own way, becoming a successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and that's, that's, you know, all of that experience is very, very evident, uh, you know, on this uh, show and also in, in what you've accomplished. And as I told people in the first segment, the fact that you've won four Weatherhead uh, 100 awards uh, is is really almost unprecedented. So uh, congratulations. But I do want to turn back to um, the best and highest use concept. And and if you could just take a, if, a little few minutes explaining how an owner's best and highest use applies to each of the, the four steps we were talking of running, fixing, growing, and preparing to sell your business. That's a great question. If we just quickly review, best and highest use is what you like doing, what you're good at doing, and what the market has valued you for doing. Uh, when a business owner has to turn his attention uh, to running a business, you know, this, these are the sort of the tasks that assure that things are done effectively and efficiently, you know, that the laundry gets out every Friday, the trains run on time. And, and certain kinds of owners uh, are very good at doing that. Uh, these are usually ones that come from corporate or, or ones that maybe have some sort of formal training or rose up to the manufacturing of the operations ranks. Conversely, uh, owners that, that when, they, when, when they need to fix a business, fixing a business requires a different kind of, of a skill set usually. Uh, it usually uh, is, is, it requires the ability to, 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 to come in, understand, uh, be able to discern and, and, and uh, to be able to, uh, you know, differentiate between, between what's smoke and what's fire. And then once you've had the confidence that you know what it's needed to be fixed, that you have to do so with, frankly, an iron fist and a velvet glove. And doing that is a skill set that, you know, many business owners really it's hard to do because, in fact, that's, you know, they are, many cases, part of the reason why that the thing needs to get fixed. It's hard to see, you know, the forest when you're in the middle of the trees. Uh, and so that skill set is often one that comes from people that, you know, had, had worked on multiple companies and, and multiple experiences. The growing piece, obviously, is, is somebody that's very good at, sell, at, at, at selling, obviously, in business development. But it's also uh, the person who's extremely good at... Uh, being able to, you know, put together resources and focus them on that outside opportunity. And, you know, I spent most of my business uh, life before, before uh, starting my business in, in growing businesses for folks, and I recognize that's what uh, I should be doing, you know, as an advisor and a consultant to business owners. And so that's an area that I'm particularly, uh, you know, that and fixing are things that I, I focus heavily on helping businesses do. The, 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 uh, the, the exercise of selling the business, of course, is one that's generally populated by uh, folks that, uh, you know, that, that are in M&A. They came out of the financial ranks, and uh, uh, they usually uh, probably came up in, in a treasury role or perhaps, uh, you know, CFO role in the company. So, you see, it, 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 it's very hard for one business owner to be both the orchestrator as well as to, you know, be good at the strings, woodwinds, percussion, and, uh, and uh, uh, woodwinds, percussion, strings, and 
help me out here. What's the four? Uh, yeah. But, I, yeah. <laughs> you're, I, I, I like to listen. I can't play. <laughs> well, you know, uh, bass guitar, lead guitar, vocals, and keyboards and drums. <laughs> yeah, right. And and I hear what you're saying there. And so when you're this may be a tough question, but you know, when you're looking at those four different disciplines, is there one that you find people are um uh, most people are challenged with? Is it fixing because the point is that they don't have the objectivity to realize that they're part of the problem or they might be emotionally connected to, um, you, you know, the, the the issue? Or so, which which issue is the one that you see people struggle with the most? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it's not it's not a hard answer. It's a simple answer because it's just not one answer. Uh, if you think that businesses go through life cycles. You know, they're, they're, they're born, they, 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 they go through adolescence, they grow, they get large, and then they often, uh, you know, mature. So it depends on the cycle of the, of the business. It also depends on the economic cycle. You know, a lot of us in 2008 or 2010 went from growing our businesses to, to trying, you know, to fixing them, you know, hanging on. Uh, it was hard to sell growth services when, when, when owners looked at me and said, gee, I don't have money for payroll. How can I invest in growth? And I'd say, well, let's let's help fix your business and let's figure out how to run it so that you can make payroll. So it, it really is a moving target, and I think that's uh, why all of us in the business of helping other businesses uh, understand that that our, our our real job is to be is to be fair and balanced in uh, in in uh, assessing what the client needs and diagnosing exactly uh you know exactly what the solution is and not necessarily saying gee every problem you have is one growth will fix you know the old expression if you have a hammer everything looks like a nail and so you know i I think that as the years go on in my business i think that the real the real gift and the real challenge is to be able to understand when the when which of the four sectors uh, cycles is the problem what is the right answer and who and how is the best way to get it fixed Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. So let me ask you this. How often is it when you are working with a business owner that part of the solution is hiring people within the organization, you know, as opposed to outside consultants to handle some of the run, fix, grow and prepare to sell? Well, you know, my belief is if we go back to my concept of best and highest use, once you understand and I work with clients to help them understand their best and highest use internally before I go out and validate it with customers. But if you understand what your best and highest use is as a company, I maintain anything else you're putting sizable energy into should be outsourced. Okay? Mm-hmm. Why would mm-hmm. How many people do their own payroll anymore, right? I mean, that's all. Right. How many people do their own 401k, um, you, know, uh, um, you know, management anymore? Very little. Okay, so the recognition is unless you're a far away one K company, you should outsource that. The bigger challenge, and this is kind of the cousin to what you're saying is, so to answer your question quickly, anything that should be done on your best and highest use, focus it inside, do it, get it done inside. Anything that you can outsource that's not part of your best and highest use, send it out. The bigger question is the business owner is always often the owner as well as the president as well as the chief sales or operations person. And many, many times I have to have a conversation with the owner about the, about the job that the president is doing or the job that the sales or operations person is doing, when, of course, that is the same person. And the problem owners have is they, they lose the objectivity and recognize 
just because they're the owner and they're a great salesperson does not mean they are suited to or good at being the president. And so those three hats uh, are really an issue when an owner feels and believes they have to do all of them well, and then let's layer on top of the other big hat, which is family. Because the minute you get family in the business, then you're daddy, then you're the owner, and you're also the president. How can anybody do all three of those equally well? Right. Right, that's a good point. So we've got a few minutes here, and so I want I did I want to kind of turn our attention towards you know working you know how can people work with you? So describe how you work with business owners. Well, the biggest and most uh, most traditional way is business owners hire me to come in and understand what is it that their company can do, is doing, and can do more of. What is their best and highest use? I go in, I uh, interview key staff, I look at everything. My hero's kind of Columbo. You know, I wander around, ask a lot of questions. Then uh, I travel with the salespeople, and I understand actually how the company goes to market. Once I have a good sense internally of what their best and highest use is, then I go out and I interview my clients' customers. I go out and do face-to-face interviews to really understand, not simply like a customer service says, on a scale of 1 to 10, but really ask those questions, those deep questions. Okay, this company says it's selling this. What do you really buy from them? You know, if you could get one more thing that they're not offering now or change one thing, you know, what would it be? Can I get into very deep conversations? And the stuff that comes back, half of it is often a little un, un, you know, uh, uh, unsettling, but there's always new opportunities that come out of it. And then the third third, I work with the company to come to and the owner, to come up with a simple action plan, which gives them the, the, their ability to go and grow their businesses on their own, on their own terms, within their own means, and for their own ends. Mm-hmm. That's my bread and butter, is, is helping business owners one-on-one. So, so you do workshops for, for small business owners, too, don't you? I do. I do. And they're a lot of fun. Uh, business owners, uh, if you ever think of yourself in a classroom, usually the people in corporate uh, are in the front row. And usually the entrepreneurs in the, uh, are in the back row, and now next time you're in a, in a room, look around and see if it's true. <laughs> and, you know, business owners, they, they learn differently. Uh, they learn by being around peers, being uh, amongst, uh, uh, with, with being sponsored by an organization, let's just say like Evolution Partners, what we're doing today, that's respected, and where, it's, where they're given content and they're not, they're not being sold to. So I do all kinds of workshops from how to grow your business in the shale industry, even if you don't know a thing about drilling uh, gas, uh, to uh, how to take your business uh, to the next level uh, when it doesn't look like you can stay at the level you're at. So I have a lot of fun, but my my workshops are full of, uh, they're hands-on. I consider them full contact. People that participate in them are working in groups. They're, They're participating. It's not a spectator sport. So I love doing workshops and keynotes. And you can find out all about the ones I do on my site at andybeerall.com. Got it. And, and so uh, you have a newsletter. And so how, people, how do people sign up for that? Well, uh, they can email me directly at abirol at andybeerall.com. That's A-B-I-R-O-L at A-N-D-Y-B-I-R-O-L.com. And I'm actually introducing uh, this weekend an exciting new uh, 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 email, uh, email, not a newsletter, but kind of a a long letter where I'm going to talk about some of my favorite things in the world. Uh, the first edition is about Roger, Roger Daltrey and the Who and how his lessons <laughs> of longevity and adaptivity are helpful. I got a chance to go on a rock and roll cruise uh, two weeks ago, and I had a chance to actually meet and speak with Roger. 
And the, the way this man has turned his business from being about Woodstock and hope I die before I get old and breaking guitars and drum sets to now uh, uh, kids thinking that CSI music is who music or vice versa uh, to, to uh, having his music being covered by groups like the Chieftains who are winning uh, 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 Grammys. It's just unbelievable. And at 72 years old, the man's starting a world tour next year uh, with, uh, with, with Pete Townsend. And Boy, oh boy, if the ultimate small business is not a rock band, I don't know what is. And a lot of them are doing pretty damn well. It'd be kind of interesting to see, and I encourage anyone to contact me. I'll be happy to put them on to send them this first exciting letter I'm doing. That's great. Well, we're going to take another brief break, and uh, we'll be back to uh, provide some concluding thoughts. But I want to uh, thank Andy Birall for being on the show, Birall Growth Consulting, and you can find him at andybirall.com, A-N-D-Y-B-I-R-O-L. Andy, thank you for all your insightful comments, and uh, I look forward to uh, running into you the next time I'm in Pittsburgh. The door's always open, and uh, I can, you know, I can, I can cross the border safely. So maybe I'll be back there as well. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Andy, and thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance, tax, consulting. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and my tag team partner is out of the studio again today. Uh, but I want to uh, thank Andy Beerall for being on the show, uh, com. That's A-N-D-Y-B-I-R-O-L. We will have a link on our website uh, so that you can um, – 
uh, reach out to Andy as well. You know, what was really refreshing about Andy uh, is he's a, a man of experience and like evolution, you know, uh, he is an entrepreneur. He is a small business owner. He lives, eats and breathes this stuff. Uh, he's literally has like a four page bio. So he's extremely accomplished and his advice is very practical. His advice is very straightforward. You know, his, he is very hands on as you I asked him about how he works with small business owners and you know, that's, that's what you want, uh, obviously. And there's very few, uh, quality consultants down at the level that, that he's talking about kind of in that, you know, sub, you know, $10 million in some $20 million range. He's kind of in that five to $20 million range, uh, that he talked about, but somebody that's worked with 470 businesses, uh, and is as sought after after a speaker as he is, you know, I think says a lot about, uh, not only his experience, but, but his credibility and, um, you know, this best and highest use concept about, you know, focus on what you like doing, focus on what you're good at doing. And, and probably most importantly is focus on what the market is valuing your business to, to do. So, um, I encourage you to reach out to Andy, uh, and somebody that, that straddles the world of Pittsburgh and Cleveland quite as uh, delicately as he does, uh, was, <laughs> was impressive. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things that, that Andy said that, sh- you know, that illustrated to me that he really understands and has seen a lot, uh, during his time with Bureau Growth Consulting in terms of how he talked about, you know, uh, the four disciplines of run, fix, grow and prepare, uh, you know, he talked about the fixing and understanding that, that, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, but also that most business owners, uh, don't appreciate that, that they are part of the problem. And, and that's a very delicate conversation, which I'm sure Andy has had a number of times. And, and it's difficult because oftentimes the owner is emotionally connected to a person that's causing a problem or the issue that's causing the problem. Uh, you know, just uh, Andy understanding that, you know, growing a business and running a business are two very different things as well. That, you know, when we work with small business owners, you, you know, running a business uh, that is going to be $5 million a year, year in and year out is much different and simpler, candidly, than running a business that's growing exponentially and understanding you know, how to um, add investments and infrastructure into the business uh, to manage that growth without, you know, you know, uh, diminishing profits, you know, too much uh, and, and making sure that you're going to market in, in the right way, in a new way when uh, you're constantly, you know, in that biz dev mode, if you will. And then finally, you know, he's acknowledging that, um, you know, that fourth discipline of preparing to sell the business is really uh, a different discipline um, and generally somebody outside the company that has, you know, more M&A skills uh, like a, a business broker, uh, you know, an investment group like like Evolution. So, again, I, I also encourage you to uh, read his books. I had the fortune of reading through one of his books and found it uh, very, very instructive. So, uh, thank you, Andy, for being on the uh, the show and uh, uh, appreciated his his time. Um, 
So I want to, uh, every week, I want to encourage people to dial in to the second stage Mondays at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. Um, And we thank you, our listeners, for tuning in each week. We are growing by leaps and bounds every month. And uh, we certainly appreciate the support and are looking for you for topics and or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, uh, if you'd like to share experiences, we would like to hear it. So hopefully you've got some good takeaways and action items this week. Uh, you can blog at evolutioncp.com or send direct questions to us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Each week, we want you to think about your organization and, and how it could be. And always remember to have passion for possibilities. Have a great week, everyone. And remember just to get started. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.